Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Ah. Welcome back to the cottage. We're continuing our series on spiritual disciplines that we've taken a look at John 15, and we're continuing this time with verse 5. Well, a couple of Sunday nights ago, we were in John 15, and we left off with verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so sometimes... You know, how do we understand this connectivity that we talked about last time in John 15? How we are connected as a branch to the vine, and that power comes from the branch, uh, from the vine through the branch, and it's that overflow that produces the fruit. And it's through this, what we've been talking about, even this morning, with abiding in the vine, abiding in his presence. And experiencing his life. It's his life. And obviously we talked about last time the, the pruning process. And, and that's a challenging thing to think that Jesus says that God is the gardener. And he prunes both the branches that do not produce fruit, but also those that do. And we don't like to be pruned. But it's all about producing more. But how do we produce more? We talked about that this morning. How do we experience more? It's simply by abiding in His presence. By finding those practices, those things that cause us to grab a hold of that connectivity. The connectivity, the old... Uh, now we got all these things with batteries, but the old vacuum cleaners that you plug in the wall, you know, and if you went too far and the cord kind of unplugged, it, it stopped. And so when we lose that connectivity, we lose that power. Oftentimes I don't know when I call if they've lost power in Nepal. So they don't have connectivity. Therefore, I can't call them. And so I'll call mom and say, well, I can't reach them. And she says, what's going on? Well, that's the problem. I don't know. <laughs> There's no connection. <laughs> I'm calling you because I can't call them. I've lost connectivity. I don't know. And so the key is that connection. To abide in the presence. For he says, for apart from me you can do nothing. And the opposite, the reverse of that means, with me, Paul says, you can do all these things. How am I supposed to do that? Paul says, with Christ, through Christ, his strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So it's not that I'm asking you to do anything, except let Christ do what he wants to do through you. That's it. Amen. I only have one answer. Amen. 
That's what the, the, the book, if you paid attention, uh, Dr. Eugene Peterson was a great scholar and uh, passed away and his son, uh, you know, spoke about him and, and he said, you know what, dad told me his secret in all these years of ministry. He says, I've only got one, one thing to say and it's Jesus. He said, but it's so good. <laughs> it's, I can just keep saying it and saying it and saying it over and over and over again. It's just Jesus. So if the problem is nothing's happening, maybe it's the connectivity issue. All the time I'm fighting the connectivity issue between this and that sometimes. It's a connectivity issue. Getting it connected. And we're getting finding out more and more how difficult it is with the airlines and connection flights and things. How connectivity with the supply chain issues because it used to be pretty easy but then all of a sudden we got this mess now and we don't have the supply chain and you go to the restaurant to go out to eat and what happens? It's closed because they didn't show up. We have a lack of connectivity, a lack of participation, a lack of producing this country used to be the greatest producers in the world, and that's how we got where we are. Now we're the greatest consumers, and I'm not sure how long that's going to last without producing. Everybody else makes the chips. You know, it was amazing during the pandemic, all the talking about learning to be a coder. If you learn to be a coder, that's where it's at, because everything's this internet connectivity. And then they come out with something AI, and AI can do all the coding. Now all those people spend all that money on a degree to code. It's useless. Because now they've got a computer that can do it. Just like trying to get you to go to Walmart and check yourself out. Everything's being done, and we're missing that connectivity. How is it possible? And so we can't expect God to do it all, because if he were, he would come, as Ed keeps praying. But he's not coming because he wants to use us. And he's wanting to do something with us. He doesn't want nothing. He obviously wants fruit. And so he's producing fruit. John 5.19 says, Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say to you, The Son can do nothing. Remember what we talked about this morning. If we're following Jesus, then we need to go the way that Jesus goes. Amen. Simple as that. We say we're followers of Christ. We better be following Christ. But Jesus says, well, I can't do anything. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And we left off with John 14, 6 this morning. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But listen, I can't do anything. Jesus says, I can't. Of myself. But what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these doeth the Son likewise. And what did I tell you this morning from John 14, 6? What does Jesus want to get you to the Father? Because I can't even do. So apart from me, you can do nothing. But I can't do anything either, unless I'm attached to the Father. And that's what it's all about. Getting more of God in your life. Because He fills everything. Amen. Through Jesus. That's how the Son does. How did Jesus do all this stuff? God. 
John 8, 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Jesus spent all that time in the Word. Jesus spent all that time in prayer. Jesus spent all that time to understand God as a human would. He chose to use this as a medium for him to commune with God. To show us the pattern. How we are to do it. He limited himself. Chose to limit himself. By being confined to the same thing that we are. And saying, I can't do anything. And I actually don't want to do anything. I want to be Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. Absolutely nothing. Unless the Father tells me. I often tell people, just because I have a PhD, that means I'm dumb enough to do whatever I think God's telling me to do. Don't always get it right. But I'm wanting to do the things of God. John 14.10 Believest thou not that I am the Father and the Father in me? Remember we talked about this morning in Christ? Believest thou not? We were in John 14 this morning. Picking up verse 10 now. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me. There it is. The Father that we said in Sunday school is in you. Is in Christ. And He doeth the works. Am I asking you to do it? No, I'm asking you to let Him use you to do it. I'm asking to use you. I remember a conversation I had with a 10-year-old. Very enlightening conversations. Some of the smartest people on the planet. Because we haven't given them Dane damage. I mean, we haven't damaged their brains. They see things that we don't see. He said, you know what? He says, I've been trying to figure out. <laughs> Go figure, somebody trying to figure me out. He says, but I think it's like this. You're like the puppet. And the Holy Ghost just comes inside of you. And moves you wherever he wants. And that's what happens. I thought, wow. That's what he saw in me. It's not me doing it. Because if I do it, I'm going to get in the way. It's allowing God to be God. In the flesh, again. In me, just as he was with Jesus. Jesus is offering us these things. Hosea 14 verse 8 says, From me is thy fruit found. God speaking. Everything we have is from God. And God wants to give us so much more, but we don't have time for God. We busy ourselves with things that don't matter. But I want to give you, I want to pour out. Remember the language of the Spirit is pouring out like water. Like water baptism. Baptism of the Spirit, like water being poured out upon the earth. Like you fill your tub. And immerse yourself in the tub to have a bath. Calgon, take me away. Do you guys do that? I don't know. It's amazing. You know what a bath is in Nepal? A bucket of cold water and a mug. And <laughs> Being immersed in God. 
immersed in him. So that every part of God is in every part of us. And trying to be just caught up in God. Ed, I appreciate your thoughts of Jesus coming. But as I preach this morning, Jesus is here. And we're missing him. He's already here in us. As much as we long for him there, why can't we long for him here? (laughs) More of Jesus! 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, Paul says. We've proven that. We are not sufficient. Trust me, I'm not sufficient. To think anything of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God, who has also made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. It's the Spirit that gives life. It's God at work in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our sufficiency is of God. More of Him and less of this stuff that we keep trafficking in. That we keep letting stick to us. It's time to get Calgon and take it away, Jesus. I just want to be immersed in your presence. And then take that fragrance out into this world and give them something beautiful. Let them taste and see that the Lord is good. He goes on in Galatians 5. We all know this one. Verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law don't need a law when you're in love with Jesus. If you're following Him, you go above the law. You go above the law. The Pharisees were trying to figure out the law and figure out ways to legalize it and Jesus was taking the highway way above the law. And the fruit of the Spirit are these things. So how do we experience these things? We get more of the Spirit in our lives. Again, we did this this morning, 1 John 2, 6. Whosoever saith he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. How did Jesus do it? He emptied himself so that he could be full of the Holy Ghost. That's how John describes him. That he was full of the Holy Ghost. That he operated by the Holy Ghost. That's how John described him. That's how he walked. He lived, I only do what my father tells me to do. I'm, only, I'm constantly wanting to go talk to my father. And he goes off on alone. That's the amazing thing if you watch that program called The Chosen. I don't know, has anybody seen that? They're coming out with season four. But if you watch that TV program, constantly you see the disciples talking and they're all saying, where is he at? Well, he went out there again alone. Constantly he disappears. To be with the Father. To be with the Father. And to do what the Father wants. Because he confined himself to requiring flesh and blood to operate by. To be with the Father. So do we abide in him? Are we walking in him? Are we with him? We're not trying to get to Jesus. He's already here. <laughs> 1 John 3, 24 says, And he that uh, keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. 
and he in him. Sounds like what we did with Revelation 3 this morning, 20. And hereby we know that he abides us by the Spirit which he hath given us. That's how we know the Spirit that he's given us. That's how we know. We know. It's the Spirit that causes us to come in alignment with him. He's there at the right hand of the Father praying. The Spirit is here, the Holy Ghost, with us. And we're all in one accord with what's in heaven and on earth. And the two are becoming one. When we follow the things of the Holy Ghost. When we have that intimacy, that moment with Him. 1 John 4.13 says, By this we know we abide in Him and He in us. Because He has given us of His Spirit. He's given it to us. We're with Him in the Spirit. He's given us. Romans 15 verse 18 For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me. Paul is saying only what Christ has done to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Only those things which Christ is doing. Not what I want to do but Him. That's how Paul built the church. Only by the Spirit. Only by spending time with the Spirit. So that when Jesus wanted to, he'd come down and talk to Paul. He says, hey Paul, I need you to hang out here for a while. I know you've got other plans and you want to go to another place, but I need you to stay here. Visited by Jesus. Paul never saw Jesus in the incarnate flesh, but he saw Jesus in the glorified body numerous times. As a matter of fact, Paul made a trip upstairs and came back. Ed, that would not be exciting for you, I'm sure. But you've already tried that once, right? You almost went up, but you're back. And now you're trying to get up again. But you see what's going on? Paul says, I've got to do what God wants. i got the work of the ministry. i got to do so that others will come to know. And they'll come in line with the Word. And their deeds will model the Word of God. John 15, verse 6 now. We just did one verse. Wow. And we'd already started that verse last time. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as the branches withered, and men gather them and cast them into fire and to burn. God's going to get something out of you. That's what I learned about over there in Asia. They can't get something out of stick, then throw it in the fire and make some tea. <laughs> that's what they did all the time, make tea. Well, that's what I wanted. My wife's like, again? More tea? Are we... Producing fruit. But God's going to get something out of us. Are we producing Are we abiding in Him? Carrying on to verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. There it is. How are we going to abide in Him? He told you. My word. <laughs> my word. My words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Why? Because you will know. You will know the heart of the Father. And the heart of the Father will say, of course I can't say no. Obviously there are things my children ask that we can't do. And there's things that we can do. And when the children know the heart of their Father, then they know when it's the right time to ask for the right thing. And obviously the Father will do it. Because we're asking out of what is right and good. 
Sometimes we ask and we don't get the answer we want. Sometimes we just get silence. And we're wondering why. We have to abide in his presence, abide in his word, and must trust that he has a better way where there seems to be no way. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified. You want to glorify God? That you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples, following after me, when you produce the same fruit I produced. When you're like me. When the world cannot tell the difference between you and Jesus. Because you're so caught up in Jesus. My nephew's into Elvis. <laughs> I'm thinking about all those Elvis impersonators, you know. We went to see some somewhere, I don't know where. I can't remember where that was. Was that Six Flags or some vacation or something? You know, they're all caught up. They gotta, you know, do what Elvis does and they're gonna wear the clothes like Elvis wears and they're gonna have the hair like Elvis and they're trying to get you to convince you and you're like, oh, you're trying to see how close they are to Elvis, you know. Yeah, that was it. World's Fair. Yeah, where the preacher couldn't find the vehicle and we walked around for miles lost. Ever get lost with the preacher? <laughs> He didn't. He forgot where he parked. Came in a different gate. Herein is my God, Father glorified that you bear much fruit, that you produce fruit, that this life comes out of you, that all this that's come in you, that's in you, the Father's in you, the Son's in you, the Holy Ghost is in you, then comes out. It comes out because you're so caught up in the things of God. That everything else doesn't matter. And so then everything else you touch is affected by that. The guy told me, <laughs> the guy told me years ago, he said he got some of those, I don't know if they're ghost peppers or whatever, I don't know. But anyway, he got some, some of those chilies. And all he did was he came home from work and somebody had given him at work. And all he did, and he said, perfect plan. It worked. I just set him in the middle of the kitchen table. That's all I needed to do. And I went in the, in the bathroom, got all cleaned up. And it's exactly what I wanted. Because my wife went, oh Lord, what did you do? She grabbed a hold of those chilies and she threw them wherever she wanted to get them out of her way. And she cooked and he says, the best meal ever. <laughs> she was crying the whole time. Well, I don't know. You brought those stupid chilies to the house and now they're nearly. Because she touched the chilies and the, that went into everything she cooked that night. And he had the best meal ever. Because everything she touched was on fire. When we grab a hold of Jesus, when we get in the Holy Ghost, and everything we touch is touched by Jesus. Everything we touch is touched by the Holy Ghost. Everything. We get so caught up that it saturates everything. Then we're a disciple of Christ. Verse 16. Don't want to spend too much time in John. You have not chosen me. Do you think you did? You have not chosen me. No, no, no. But I have chosen you. And I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Are we bringing forth fruit? Are we bringing forth fruit? That water in the wilderness we talked about now, it's in the grape. 
It's encased in the flesh, but when you eat the grape, the juice pops out. The grape is only a container to hold that juice, that life. That's water in the wilderness. You have not chosen me, but I, I, I have chosen you. He could have left us. He could have just walked right by us. Just like the tale of the Good Samaritan where the priest and the Levite just walked right on by. He didn't. He didn't walk by us. He chose us. Not only did He choose us, He's ordained us that we should bring, go and bring forth fruit. We always talk about the go. We never talk about the fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Oh my goodness, this is the tough part. Instant in season and out of season. Fruit that remains. No matter what happens, we still produce Christ. How do you know it's an apple tree? Because you pick the apple. It's for small children, you cut the apple up, they see inside. It's an apple. That's why he knows it's an apple tree. Now, unless you're botanist or something, and no trees and all that stuff, you know it by the fruit. And you cut it open. When they cut us open, what do they get? When we're squeezed, what comes out? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Whoo! It's tough. Then we need to spend more time in the presence of God. We need to spend more time. That's why I'm wanting to do this to help you understand that the spiritual practices are all about the Spirit (laughs) so that you'll get with the Spirit. You pray not to tell God what to do. You pray to get in the presence of God. To do what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But that's what I'm trying to do. I'm getting you to go to the Father and live like I did. To walk as I walk. To do what I did. To walk in my way so that your whole life is consumed by me. All these people, you, you see them whenever they wear whatever. They, it's, it's NFL now, right? i guess, got to keep up with this. So all the Chief fans, I guess, because there's no Rams fans anymore, right? Or Cardinals fan? Oh, that's baseball. No, that's Arizona. I'm confused. Anyway, you guys keep changing things around here. It's soccer now, right? But they call that football in Asia. Anyway. We got to put on the colors and we got to wear the paint and we got to do all this stuff and we got to cast our signs and we got, we're consumed and passionate about it. We got to buy this t-shirt or we got to buy these jerseys or we got to do this. We got to have the, this party and we got to have that party and we got to do, because they're consumed by these things. They're following them. Hashtag this and all that stuff off the internet and they're following these things and they're passionate and they're talking about this all the time. We should be passionate about our Christ. That our fruit should remain. And if it's not remaining, then we need to get reconnected. Because Paul says in Romans 9, 10, and 11, he said Israel thought they were connected and they got unplugged, but he said they're going to get plugged back in. You can get plugged in and out so they get plugged in more of God. As what Barb said, let's not be bench warmers. She told me that. She said a guy came here and did a revival for you guys years ago. So let's not be bench warmers. Let's get in the game. 
But we have too many people sitting on the sidelines. Following, but not doing. It's time for us that our fruit remains. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Most of us don't even know the Father well enough to ask. We hire the preacher. Let the preacher pray for us. That's what they did with Moses after he spoke the ten words, the ten commandments. They hired Moses and said, you go talk to God for us. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to give you a way that you can. You can experience God. You can be with Him. Regardless of where you find yourself, even I told Bob, I don't care, Bob, physically, mentally, you got one thing that, that hands down beats it all, and that's Jesus. I said, you got Jesus. I said, you focus on Jesus. You bring Jesus down into that place. That's what uh, uh, Donna did, right? She went to the hospital. She said, I went around telling everybody about Jesus. I'm in the hospital, and I'm going around telling everybody about Jesus. There's a lady there every night crying. She said, I went down there and told her about Jesus. I said, you don't have to cry. You just talk to Jesus. She's in the hospital, and she's going around telling everybody about Jesus. Saturating that place with Jesus. We're asking God, I think, the wrong questions. Because we don't understand Him enough. Because we haven't spent our time with Him enough. In His Word and in His presence to understand. So that we can ask. Because we know. I don't know. I guess that works over here. My wife's trying to figure it out. I mean over there. I don't know if it works over here. Because over there, it's who you know. If I needed a visa and I was in with the wrong people, I would just have to, you know, make a deal under the table and it can be done. It's all about who you know. Connection. Connection. But a lot of that works sometimes. If you are connected to a certain person, and just because they know you, they're liable to do something for you anyway. Well, if you know the Father, and the Father knows you, you have this connectivity, you have this intimate knowledge of the Father, then you can begin to understand, hey, I can ask God of this. Because I know Him, and He knows me. Connectivity. 1 John 2, 24 and 25. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. I I love these verses because this always takes me back to the beginning. I just can't get over the first word of the Bible, in. I'm in. Hallelujah. I'm in Christ. In the beginning, God. But then God decided that he was going to make man in his own image. And he spent six days making everything else for us. So that we could experience him. And then on the sixth day when he did all that, then he makes us. He did it all for us. He said, go back to the beginning. Abide in that. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and the Father. And this is the promise that He made us, eternal life. Eternal life. Death won't even have a chance. Because even at death, we live. 
Because he beat death. Well, we went through Romans 5.12. We did all that. We talked about death. Go back. We got the brochures now. We got the cards. You can scan them on your phone. You can go back. You can listen to what we talked about death in Romans 5. Verse 12. But he came to give us life. And life more abundantly, John 10.10 says. He came to give us life. He came to set all this up for us so that we could be here and we could be with him here. And look what we've done to the place. (laughs) That's why Jesus' parables to the vineyard tenants are not the greatest. Because we see what they did and we laugh, but then we look in the mirror and we cry. Because it's, it's what Jesus set up. He said, I want you to experience this life. I want you to experience it in my grace. And I know you get things wrong. Right now it's difficult <laughs> with Jubilee. Because she gets some things wrong. But we love her. She's a child. She's a six-year-old child. She doesn't understand. She's trying to manage. And she can't have the perspective that we have. She can't understand things. Like we do. But at the same time, it works. <laughs> Doctors saw her in the hospital and said, this is unreal. This child should be screaming in pain. And she's happy as a lark. (laughs) She doesn't realize it. Her intestines were completely full of feces. And she didn't even care. Didn't even bother her. Had no idea. No idea whatsoever. Not a clue. She's just happy. Because she doesn't understand all that. And my wife's like, she's not sure she understands at all what the doctor's saying. Oh my goodness, this is what's wrong with the child. Julie doesn't understand what's wrong. Because she trusts in her parents. She trusts the doctors. And she trusts Jesus. Amen. That whatever is going to move <laughs> may be full of it today. Is that why my wife keeps saying that I'm, I'm like Jubilee or something? I'm full of it. <laughs> it's going to work out. It's going to work out. We have an opportunity to experience that life now. Eternal life is life eternally, it means it's life from the beginning. We keep talking about the beginning of life and we talk about the end. We talk about the cross and we talk about heaven. What about now? (laughs) Doesn't Hebrews 11 say now faith is? What about now? What about life now? What about life with Jesus now? What about the Holy Ghost? It's like, okay, Father, you created everything and Jesus and the cross, all right, and Jesus is coming, but forget you, Holy Ghost. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is now! We can experience now the blessings of God. We don't have to know the details. Matter of fact, it's probably better when we don't. That's why these smartphones are dangerous. Because Jubilee doesn't understand what it means when her bowels are full. She doesn't understand. Stomach is huge. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just going to play. I'm just going to enjoy I'm just going to draw pictures of the American flag for my daddy. 
Because I'm going to be in America with my daddy. I'm just going to play and draw and write. I'm just going to be a kid. I'm just going to enjoy. I know we want him, but he's already here. I know the cross is the cross. You can't take away from the cross. Powerful. His coming and his cross. I know those are huge. Let me show you. The book. This is the biggest the biggest page right here and this is the biggest page. The cross. His coming. But where do we spend all of our time? In the thin small pages that are black and white. That's where we're at. And he keeps me singing all the day. We need to be understanding. Yes, you got to have those two things. The cross and his coming. But right now, I don't know what page number we're on. I don't know what song we're singing. Sometimes the notes are low. And sometimes, yes, Barb, they're way too high. Mm. Those Nepali people, Barb, they sing so high. I, I guess mountain people do that. I don't know. It's like, my Lord, how in the world? I said, I, I'd need a ladder and I still can't get up there. They sing so high. How? It's possible. But sometimes it's low. Sometimes it's fast. Sometimes it's slow. The notes change. There's a rhythm. But God is making a melody. And we need to understand He's making beautiful music. And right now it doesn't seem the greatest. Because we want to get to the end of the book. We want to get to the last page. But why are you reading the story to begin with? Why don't you just read the first page and read the last page and put the book up? Matter of fact, don't even buy it. Just read the first page and the last page and put it back on the shelf and you're done, right? No, it's the story. His story that matters. It's the story that we get caught up in. I told you, Peter said angels long to look into this stuff. And they're up there. And they're longing to look in down here. That's got to tell you something about what God's doing. We can't always see it. They can. They have a higher perspective. We can't always see it. But we can trust in it. We can trust in it. Father, we thank you for Jesus. And we want to abide in the vine. And there's so much in this life trying to cut us off. (laughs) And on top of it, you're trying to cut things out of our lives. Doctors are constantly telling us, cut this out of our life and cut that out of our lives and we'll live better lives. And yet we still consume and pack things into our lives that really don't matter. And so, Father, as we talked about last uh, two weeks ago on Sunday night, we need to cut out those things that don't really matter so that we can make room for those things that do. So that we can be full of you But to be full of you, we have to empty of so many other things. Help us to see what's the most important things. That if we long for your coming, why not experience you in the now as much as possible? To find you in your word and prayer, meditation, study, and all these other disciplines. As the saints of old have handed down to us these practices... 
Let us search them as fine silver and fine gold to do whatever we're going to do so that we can connect with you. It's not really the practices that matter, it's the presence. So whatever it's going to take to get us in your presence beyond just an hour on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Let's get into your presence and experience more of you and then let that carry into this life to give eternal life to everyone whom we touch. Because we have touched the Holy Ghost. Then let us go forth. And whatever we touch is blessed by that same Holy Ghost. That same fire will carry into everything. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.